You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And good morning, everybody. Excuse me. <clears throat> How are you? I've got a special guest here. Again, two times in two weeks, we've got Lindsay Drake Nightingale with us. Good morning, Lindsay. Good morning, Charlie. Yeah, Frank is not here. For anybody who's wondering why Frank isn't here, he's not in Florida, so I can't blame him for traveling. But he is away because uh, listeners to AM740 will know that George Genescu passed away last week, mm-hmm. very good friend of Frank's, and Frank is involved in the funeral today, so he will be off uh, doing that, but we'll see Frank again next week. So a nice surprise, and thank you for joining us again, Lindsay. Thank you for having me. And you rem- um, everybody remembers, Lindsay is the principal. She started a company called Yorkshire Garden Services, so part of what she does is come on the show to tell us about what she does and how you know wonderful she is as a, as a support person, a helper, a designer for people's gardens who want really beautiful gardens, not just anything run-of-the-mill, trust me. A uh, couple of things. I do have to do a quick shout-out. Got a couple of people. This is a Frank thing. Frank always, you know, he does a shout-out to the, the guy at the coffee shop and, you know, yes, th- yeah. his dry cleaner and everybody else. Uh, this is a shout-out to Doreen. She lives in Toronto. I do not know who she is, but she's a good friend of Deirdre. And Deirdre is the interior designer from Montreal who's helping us with our new home that we're building and designing. And, boy, that's a lot of work. One more shout-out <laughs> to um, Mary. Mary Lumbers and Tony Hill, who I hope are listening. They are up in Slabtown in Ontario, though they're heading home to Whitehorse next week. Wow. Um, but I, I'm hoping they were able to tune in the station and are listening right now. So uh, hello to you guys. A couple things going on. The Greater Toronto Bulb Society is meeting on Sunday, November 25th. That's tomorrow with speaker Maureen, I guess her name would be pronounced Hullbear. Her topic is fabulous Canadian flora from coast to coast to coast. And that's all the bulbs, right? That's the, they're a pretty neat group, actually, the Greater Toronto Bulb Society. Talk about niche, but, you know, yep. bulbs are cool. The meetings are held at the Cummer Park Community Centre, which is at 6000 Leslie Street in Toronto at 1.30 p.m. Now, I did mention this last week, next Thursday, November 29th, all day, 10 a.m. to 8 p.m., the Toronto Botanical Gardens is hosting their holiday market. A wonderful event. Yes, indeed. And this this is going to segue nicely into gifts for gardeners ideas, yes. which I asked Lindsay to think about because we've got some good ideas to share later in the show. Uh, of course, the Toronto Botanical Gardens Garden Shop will be well stocked with holiday home decor and seasonal fresh greens. The halls will be decked with holiday cheer and over 25 designers, makers and artisans showcasing nature-inspired, eco-friendly and botanically themed jewelry, sculptures, textiles, ceramics, terrariums, artisanal food, and body care products. So that's a pretty fun thing. Definitely plan that for next Thursday. Free parking, of course, free admission. Uh, There is a request to bring a non-perishable food item to donate to the North York Food Bank if you can. Remember the chrysanthemum show. We've been talking about that for the last few few weeks. Mm-hmm. Still on, but it's all over. Um, where's my dates here? The 26th. So that would be Tuesday, Tuesday. I think. 
uh, Tuesday. Today is the 24th, 20, Monday. 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 That's my daughter's birthday. You know, you'd think I'd know <laughs> what day of the week the 26th is. Uh, so, uh, early happy birthday to my daughter, Sydney. Her birthday, she's going to be 28, I think, 29. So, 29. Free admission to the Chrysanthemum Show. Open daily, 10 to 5, uh, and takes place at the Centennial Park Conservatory, which is at 151 Elmcrest Road, Rathbourne and Renforth Drive area. So, that's an excellent one and a really fun one. Really cheer you up. If you're feeling blue with all this gray days, head off to a greenhouse where there's things in bloom and I, it'll cheer you right up. The oxygen alone will make you feel better. <laughs> Beautiful flowers to me. Yeah, exactly. All right. So uh, there's our announcements. Um, I should have let you go first with this. Why don't you give the numbers, Lindsay, and then we'll go off and do a little break and be right back. Okay. Please give us a call at 416 416- Three six zero zero seven four zero, or if you're phoning from out of town, one eight six six seven four zero four seven four zero. Wonderful, thank you. We'll be right back, and I see we've got Trish on the line. Wants to know something about bulbs. Good Perfect. timing. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, Forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Charlie Dobbin and Lindsay Drake Nightingale, special guest. Welcome back again. Thank you again, Charlie. You're the best. All righty. Good stuff. We got the calls coming in. We've got open lines. So please, got a question? Call in because, you know, I've got, I'm here. Lindsay's here. You got two experts at your fingertips. And in the meantime, Trish is on the line. Good morning, Trish. Uh, good morning, ladies. Um, I have a hint and also a question. Mm-hmm. My question is uh, I normally store my dahlia bulbs in the basement, in uh, soil and uh, uh, sawdust. Sword, mm-hmm. um, but by the end of January, these darn things start sprouting. Mm-hmm. So do you think I could leave them in the garage until January? It depends on what the insulation level is on your garage. and oh, the there's outdoor. no insulation. Right. So it depends what happens with the temperatures. If it gets too cold, anything below zero, the dahlias will just turn to mush. Um, what I would do, you, you, so if, as long, your soil, I assume, is a clean, um, yeah, sterile. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and sawdust. I've a big bag of sawdust, or I guess it's sawdust. You know, like the bulbs that you buy Mm-hmm. And stuff that they put oh, in. you're right. It is like a shavings, wood, yeah. uh, wood shavings. Okay. What I would do is bury those dahlias deeper if you can. I, they might be sprouting partially because they are getting a little bit of illumination. They do respond to light. So the deeper you can bury them into whatever container you've got them buried in, mm-hmm. uh, the more likely they will stay dormant. Also, cooler temperatures keep plants dormant. So when I've kept dahlias over the winter, obviously I had a spare fridge that I could do this. I just put them into a big, like cookie tins into the fridge with Ah. all covered up. And that kept them completely dormant until I was ready to pull them out and get them growing. Um, So it is a light thing and it is a temperature thing when it comes to keeping any of the the bulbs and perennials dormant inside our homes. Yes, I do think that'd be all right because at the moment they're sitting in the garage. It's fine, but you're going to have to monitor temperatures. Like, it's mild today. Obviously. Yeah, everything's fine today. But, you know, it was, what, 12 or 13 yeah. below the other night. That's right. So inside your garage, it's going to be a little bit warmer, but still, it's going to be below zero. So that, that could end up killing them. That's all. You just have to stay on top mm-hmm. of that. 
All right. Okay. And uh, my hint, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in the summer we have these pesky orange beetles that mm-hmm. devour your lilies. Yes. Well, every year I've been out there with my little can and picking them. Yep. So this year I tried something and I bought a spray called Bug X. Bug X. And I sprayed them every two or three weeks. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any problem with these bugs this year. Oh, that's good. I'm not sure what bug X is. Yeah, it's well. What were you going to say, Lindsay? It's a cyclical um, cycle for the bugs, so they weren't as prevalent this year. Mm-hmm. So you you lucked out with your spray, but it was also the cycle of the bug, and there weren't as many. As, yeah, that's right. Population incre- declined yeah, this year. Go up and down. It's like yeah. the year of the earwig, and a couple oh, of years yes. ago we had the year of the slug. Oh, yes. <laughs> so <laughs> this year was not the year of the lily yeah. leaf beetle, but you're right. They were, they were out there. Yeah. And, yeah, and you're, okay. if you can contact the insect with that spray, mm-hmm. you can kill it. The challenge is, is the contact. Those, those sprays are not don't work well as a preventative. They work strictly on contact. Oh, you have to do it all the, you know, every yeah. few weeks. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Oh, good idea. Good tip. Bug X for lily leaf beetle. Anybody struggling with that? Thank you. Thanks for your call. Thank you. Bye-bye. 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 All right. We do have... Mind you those numbers one more time because we do have some open lines. Okay. For a local call here in Toronto, it's 416-360-0740. If you're from out of town, 1-866-740-4740. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so let me tell you, one AM seven forty. So you might find it easier if you just go seven forty four seven forty. I don't know. It's just like, I know. It's like the eyes all start to cross. It's like, what? Thanks, Lindsay. Uh we have a first time caller and we don't have Frank here with his bell, so Lindsay's gotta be the bell as we say good morning to Leona. Good morning. Thank you very much. And bring there you go. There's your bell. You welcome to the show. Never be a stranger again. And uh, you have your garden wings. What's going on? Thank you. You can hear me? Yes, we can. Okay. I have two small tropical shrubs called Calancho uh, grown in Canada. Okay. They have clusters of white flowers. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, I just got them two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um should I remove the flowers and stem after the flowers dry up? Yeah, Calancho, ultimately the, the flowers get all brown and crispy. Yes. And removing the flowers is always a bit of a challenge because it's just it's like a little manicure scissors almost to go in there and take away those little dried up bits of, of flowers. Yes. New growth will emerge. Mm-hmm. And once that new green growth starts to grow or even new flower buds start to grow, it's even more obvious where to, to do your cutting. Okay. Do I do? Thank you. Do I do the cutting just at the base of the uh, the the flower, mm-hmm. or do I find right down, go right down and cut the stem? Eventually, eventually, you're going to go right down on the stem, but initially, just take the flowers because there are more buds that will come. You'll end up cutting away flower buds if you go too low with calancho. Okay, so yeah. that stem that holds the flower, mm-hmm. that stem will continue to grow more clusters. It can, if you're giving it lots and lots of sunshine, okay. have it in a bright sunny window, and be very careful with your watering. Make sure the, so- the surface of the soil feels quite dry between okay. waterings. Like, no, no sogginess for that plant. It'll stop flowering and turn to mush. Thank you. And, <laughs> okay. and the 
the the the tab, the information mm-hmm. tab that comes with the flower, it says water once a week. So thank you for telling me not too much water. Yeah, I know. It's it's funny when they say mm-hmm. that water once a week because it depends how much light, yeah. depends what kind of temperature you have these plants in, um, and that's going to determine your watering and what size pot. I mean, all these things mm-hmm. have impact. Never water on the calendar. Always water for each plant's needs based on feeling the soil. Thank you, thank you. Uh, thanks so much for calling. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. First-time callers. I love it. And I love calantula. So do yeah. I. Yeah. And you know what? They, I find in they're very cheerful mm-hmm. uh, this time of year, super simple to keep around, and a nice annual. Like, I've used them outdoors, yes. you yeah. know, and, and they'll just keep blooming. blooming. time. Yeah, yeah. And, they'll, and they'll just keep blooming. Yeah. You know, you, you do very little to them, and they'll just perk along, la, 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 more flowers. So they're, they're really, they're good that way, and they're very available. Yes. Every grocery store, every garden center, every, you know, hardware store has calancho, uh, even at this time of year, so mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a good thing. You know, we have a mantra in this show. Did you know that? <clears throat> no. So our mantra is, <laughs> where is she going with this? Uh, our mantra is, call early, meaning don't wait to the end because you'll yes. never get on. Call often, yeah. but one question per caller. So sometimes we'll have callers, they'll call once and then ask their one question, they'll hang up, and they call right back call and back get in. right back on the Perfect. show. So just so everybody knows, we do have open lines. So you can call early, do call often, but remember one question per caller. And we better take a quick break right now. Sebastian didn't give me, it should be yelling at me. I'm not paying attention to the time. All right, good stuff. Thank you. We'll be right back, and we'll talk with Olivia calling in from Hamilton. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Charlie Dobbin and Lindsay Drake-Nightingale joining you here today on The Garden Show to talk gardening on kind of a gray, going to be rainy day. Not a nice day. But at least it's above zero. It is too. It was really cold <laughs> earlier this week, like much colder Hard than it should be. <laughs> and Exactly. And I still got tulip bulbs to plant, right? And <laughs> yeah. you're probably still out in the people's gardens. We are finished uh, bulbs, which is nice, but we still have leaves, like piles. Under piles. the snow. Yeah. So yeah. the rain will be good. Yes. Melt the snow. Snow, and then we can get in there and get those leaves off people's lawns. I don't worry lawns, about it on yeah. the gardens, but yeah. you've got to get those leaves off the lawns. Yeah. Otherwise, you kill the lawn pretty quick. All right, we've got Olivia on the line joining us from Hamilton. Good morning, Olivia. Good morning, and how are you today? Excellent. What's going on at your place? Okay, I got the gift of a beautiful orchid about six weeks ago, mm-hmm. and uh, lots of lots of buds on it, which is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Now, it had about, uh, I guess, four uh, flowers on it, and the direction said to put um, three ice cubes per week on it, and I know you're feeling on the ice cubes, <laughs> and I feel the same. So I've been giving it about two ounces of tepid water, and I wondered if I'm over uh, over watering it because um, the last three um, flowers have now all shriveled up and are, you know, crispy. Okay, but the flowers will not last forever. Well, well that's true. So that's, I, I don't get particularly worried if the flowers get crispy because they'll last maybe a week or two. But the, uh, what does continue to happen is more buds will blo- will grow. So it's this long process, very long flowering period. But no one flower lasts for more than a week or two. And it depends on the temperature inside your house, too. Yeah, no, I have it in the bedroom. Yeah. Well, the warmer your home is, the the shorter the time that flowers will last. Uh, so it's always... 
well for keeping him for six weeks. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Yeah, and so just remember that, to... So then I, um, so I assume that you would prefer that we do the, the uh, tepid water. I would do tepid rather than ice cubes. So, so you're doing two ounces because you figure that's about how much water is in three ice cubes? Yes, that's what it said on the label. Yeah. yeah. The, the one reason we like the ice cubes is because as the ice cubes melt, they slowly um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> move down through the, the chunky, barky media that orchids are typically grown in. Right. Water, however, just zips right through. So, right. so when I, I do tepid water, I mean, the best, absolute best way to water orchids is to immerse the entire pot, leaves right. and all, into a bucket of water. That's right. the absolute best way because then you really get water into all that, that media and into all those pore spaces. Then you lift that pot out of the, you know, the water, let it drain in the sink, and then back onto the window ledge. And you would only do that as often as you need to based on the weight of the pot. It's hard to use a moisture meter. And again, it's going to come down to light levels in your home and temperatures. I see. Might okay, be once a week. thank you so very much indeed then. All right. I love your show. Thank Bye-bye you for now. calling. Bye-bye. Yeah, I know. It's so, it, it's, there's no rules on this, eh? No. It's always yeah, a little bit of... individual plant, especially mm. with orchids. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> I have never met an orchid I couldn't kill, frankly. <laughs> I, I have killed a lot of orchids in my life. But I currently have got, I think, four still alive. So, I, you know, I'm doing okay. Um, but, you know, it's always... Always a bit of a challenge. Uh, Hamilton, we've got a call in from Hamilton. It's Donna. Good morning, Donna. Are you there, Donna? Good morning. No. Hello. Gone. Oh, disappeared. Hello. Uh, oh, hello. There you are. Good morning. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> Sorry. I have a, an amaryllis bulb that I just bought. Uh-huh. And it has uh, three tiny little babies, three different sizes. Oh, now, oh, I'm nice. wondering, will it flower with those on or should I take them off right away and replant them or Oh absolutely those are little daughter bulbs Yeah and that's very natural and normal that uh they will uh, come from you know grow at the base of the mother bulb mm-hmm. You you can I would leave them alone. I would just pot the whole thing up. Yeah. Eventually you want to sever them. How big should they be before you take them off? Uh you know what? It's going to take them a number of years before they flower. So it comes down to your patience. Sometimes people will just say, oh my gosh, I don't have enough you know, patience to wait for these little tiny bulbs to get old enough to make flowers. So, But, but the mother bulb, will it flower oh, this year with oh, the babies? Absolutely. Okay, absolutely. That, that was yeah. my main concern. Yeah, yeah. So. I'll just leave the babies on. For I would. I keep them together. They're yeah. kind. Of, they're kind of nice as a little family. But re- remember the pot you put it into. You, we we always keep a, as small a pot as we can when we p- plant up amaryllis. So well, no no big massive pot for them. Yeah, I planted them in the side. It came with a pot. Oh, okay. Put it in that perfect, one. Perfect. Yep. Yep. And um, yeah. So what you might find is, you know, after they flower, you're going to put them outside for the summer next year, and they'll all have green leaves on them. Even the little babies will likely have green leaves. And then you'll just have to decide if you want to do it unpotting and then separating. Then, and each of the babies will get a little tiny pot that they'll go into. So it's like, it's up to you. What size should the baby be before I separate it, though? Uh, they're quite tiny. Right yeah. Now. Um. Uh, to even reach flowering size is going to be a number of years. So I'd wait till they're at least, what, about, you know, two, three centimeters across, so okay. inch, inch and a bit okay. uh, across before I'd bother uh, severing from the mother. Okay, sounds good. All righty. Thanks a lot. Thank you for calling. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Um, let's see. Okay, so we do have a call in. Oh, uh, looks like Sebastian's just putting the call up. 
I want to ask you, mm-hmm. Lindsay, as the person who runs uh, Yorkshire Garden Services, you mentioned that you're going to get to the leaves. Have you still got a lot of work to do with your clients? We probably have. Yeah, with all the rain that we had and mm-hmm. then with the snow, we, we we probably have 15 clients that still have leaves. Yeah, wow. That's a lot of leaves. So are you feeling a little behind schedule? Absolutely. <laughs> do you normally <laughs> go to the end of November? Yeah, the first the first full week of December usually. So yeah. that's, yeah, we're going to go right to the very end yeah. of our possible season. And we and we have other things that we're doing too. We have a... Oh, you're planters. The planters we've started, we started them last week and we'll carry on through next week. We also, we do a client service tech kind of position, uh-huh. a handyman service. Oh, so right. you there's a couple that. of jobs, yeah. yep, that we still Fences have. that need repair? Yeah. Or we whatever. Still have a couple <laughs> of those jobs. <laughs> no eavesdrops, though. I remember you <laughs> no said no eavesdrops. No eavesdrops. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's still busy, still busy. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, and I have a, I, I always save a few plants that are, I use in my, my containers mm-hmm. that are perennials, some, you yes. know, grasses, etc. So I saw, and I bury them in the garden for the winter in pots and then pull them up in the spring and, you know, mess around with them. So I have those kinds of chores on my to-do list. As well, so it's kind of never ending. Still busy. It is. It's amazing. I I mean, it's great. I love it. It's it's fun, but it's just like you know that to do list that just never seems to get done. It's (laughs) long this year. And then at some point you can't do it because it's too cold and the snow is too deep. But uh, but yeah, I still want to get to it. Well, let's just talk to Joe, who is giving us a call from West Seneca from New York. Good morning, Joe. Good morning. Listen, I've got uh, a question about roses there. If I take a cutting from a rose bush outside and root it, can I grow that plant indoors, or does it have to be an outdoor plant? Um, you know what? I unfortunately didn't hear your question exactly. Roses? Um, sorry, it's a, did you hear the yes, question? Go yes. ahead. So he was, he was inquiring it. about yeah. whether or not he could take a cutting and bring it uh, of roses and bring it indoor, if it would grow indoor. I wouldn't. Yeah. No. No. Well, you know why? Because the rose is not going to like to be inside in the heat for the winter. But you can definitely in the spring take a cutting from that rose and root it up in a little jar of water or, um, you know, a moist sand and plan to plant it out in the garden before next winter. If it's a rose that you love and you want to propagate. Yes. Yes. The, See, like I say, I wanted to, to really keep it in, in a house. You know? Oh, okay. Is but, it, uh, sorry, is this a rose you have or somebody else's rose? Well, it was my girlfriend's, you know, and I want to keep this thing going. Yeah, and is it outside in the garden now? Oh, yeah, it's, it's grown pretty good. Um, see, the, there are, like, mini roses and some very tender roses that are grown specifically for indoor enjoyment, but they rarely last very long indoors. They tend to get spider mites. Um, they tend to get all kinds of pests and diseases inside because our our winter indoors, our dry, forced air heat is just not optimal for roses. So if it's growing well outdoors, I'd be inclined to, to propagate it, if you wish, make yeah. more roses. And, you know, you could try bringing one in next, next winter that you've cut from last spring. It's very hard to take cuttings now and expect roots to grow anytime quickly because the rose is dormant and it's just going to sit there in a jar of water and rot. It's not going to grow roots anytime quickly at this time of year. Oh. Okay. Your best time is when it's actively waking up in the spring. Take, let it shoot out some new growth. So it might be June, late June, uh, early July even, that you could take three to four inch cuttings and at that point root those. Right. So in other words, you can only do, do that with uh, 
miniature roses. They'll grow indoor, and that's okay. Yeah, well, even miniature roses, I find, don't last very long. They, you know, people, they enjoy them indoors with the flowers, and it's a very common gift at Valentine's Day and Mother's Day, but to keep them alive is very tough, just because they're so, I don't know, spider mites, where do they come from? I don't know, but they always, they love roses, so that's what usually kills them indoors. Yeah, because I had a Japanese aurelia, and boy, they had a field with that. Yeah, exactly. So there's certain plants they love, and I don't know where those insects come from, but they, they emerge when the plant is under stress. Okay. So, okay, thank you very much, darling. You're very welcome. Good luck with that. Yeah, okay. I did that with a rose. I, I was actually at a, at a Hort Society meeting, mm-hmm. and they had a competition going on. It was rose, um, roses in cut roses, and somebody gave me one of these little cluster, and she said it's from a shrub rose that's covered in little white, you know, thousands of little white flowers. Mm-hmm. So I actually rooted up that little cutting. And it's in a pot. Now, it's so tiny. I buried the pot in my garden, and I'm just, fingers crossed that it survives the winter, because I'm looking forward to growing that shrub rose. I think it's going to be beautiful. Nice. Um, so, uh, okay, we got a bunch of people lined up on the, on, on the uh, line here, which is wonderful. But before we go to any more callers, I want to share with you a, a really cool idea, a cool gift for gardener idea. It's called, oh, look, I can even put it on, the, on camera. There it is, on camera. The Gardener's Journal. This is an annually published source book and guide. It is updated, obviously, for 2019. It's called the Toronto Gardener's Journal, but it's more than just Toronto. It's for all of southern Ontario. And it's been put out by Margaret Bennett Alder for a very long time. I forget how many years. It probably says, oh, 27th year. Wow, so right that's, there. that's fantastic. So this year, um, Margaret's got some help. She's got the, the Battersby sisters helping her. So that's Helen and Sarah Battersby giving her hand to get this, uh, this journal out to us. And I tell you, you have never seen that. I had never... I never even heard of it and just looking at it it is filled it is filled with so much information and journaling space and photography space and um, tips and tons of tips it's just it's really well put together they even have soil sample areas and I know it's got uh, measuring devices oh, it's, yeah. it's really cool so weekly advice like like you said tips mm-hmm. updated sources for gardeners for you know gardens to visit radio shows to listen to like this one books lots of Books, Lots of books. Books continue to be published unbelievably consistently. Suppliers, garden clubs. Um, so, yes, you can order online at www.torontogardenbook.com. And that is a wonderful gift for a gardener, I think. Mm-hmm. You can also send a check if you'd like to order that via post to Garden Book Orders, 38 Earl Hegg Avenue in Toronto, M4C1E1, and they are $24.95 each and totally worth the, the worth that all the way as far as I'm concerned. So I'm going to really suggest that if you've got a gardener who you are thinking of an interesting gift for, consider this gardener's journal. We will be right back. We're just going to have a very short break to let our supporters tell their message and then we'll be right back to listen to some of your questions and tips. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. 
And we're back. And I'm here just to remind you with Lindsay Drake Nightingale. And I want to thank you again for filling in. You know, Frank's busy, and I really appreciate having somebody here. It's a pleasure to be here with you, Charlie. All right. And I'm going to stop talking. I think it's time for you to start answering some questions, because you know an awful lot of stuff. So our next caller is, is Heather, calling from West Hill, and she's got a question about an air fern. What's your question, please, Heather? Yes, good morning. Morning. Um, a friend of mine gave me an air fern, and she said just spray it once a week with water, but I'm, it's not in any soil. It's just sitting in a little ornament. Aw, I love those. That's the best part of it is that you don't <laughs> oh, have yeah. to do anything. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so she's right. Just spray it or, or dunk it um, into a cup of tepid water, just underwater the whole thing wet, and put it back out on the little ornament. Like, it's, it's just the simplest little plant in the world to ever keep in your house. It seems to be in, in the uh, ornament, though. I don't want to pull it out. I don't know if it's glued in there or what. Uh, oh, that's okay, fine. Yeah. Is it an ornament that could go underwater, though? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah so just the dump the whole thing underwater and then, you know, tur- like, it's, it, it's, you're calling an air fern. It's actually called a talansia, if you wanted oh. to Google it or look it up. So, oh, that's probably why I couldn't find it. Yeah, so it's T-I, T as in Tom, I-L-L-A-N-D, uh-huh. so taland. C-I-S-I-A, Talansia. If you want to Google it, it'll, you'll see if that's what we're, we're talking about, the same thing. But it's just a little tiny plant that is designed to live sort of up in the canopy in the trees and where it just kind of lands. And it it likes a high humidity. So it likes that oh. kind of rainforest thing. It likes high humidity, eh? Yeah, mm. sometimes people will keep it in the kitchen where they're, they're near the dishwasher yeah. and boiling pasta, etc. Or the bathroom where there's showers happening quite often. So again, it's just that higher humidity it does need some light, not direct light, but it does need a bright spot. A bright spot, yeah. eh? But so a misting works or just underwater. Anytime you think about it, every three or four or five days, depending on whether you've got a humid home or not. If you have a humidifier, it's better. If you don't, then I'd be dunking it every three or four or five days. I see. Three or four or five days. Okay. okay. No, I'm just sitting there looking. Normally the plants I do get have earth in them or whatever, and I'm sitting there looking at this thing going, really? How is this possible? <laughs> and it's alive. It's amazing. It's really alive. They do all their absorption of nutrients through their leaves and from the, from the air. That's where that sort of air fern idea comes from. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for calling. And yeah, have you ever had? Have you ever tried to grow one of those? Not, not. But I have seen them. Yeah. Um, Sometimes yeah. the tips. If you forget, if you forget about them, which is easy to do, the little tips start to turn a little brown, and then you start feeling guilty, and so yeah. You dunk it in water. It's, yeah, it's, it's fine. fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's like my gardens. No. Yeah. yeah, well, it's one of those things, right? They, they scream for help. It's like, okay, now I'll pay attention. All right, we've got Jock joining us from New Hamburg. Good morning, Jock. Good morning. What's going on at your place? Yeah, I was in the uh, grocery store the other day, and I see that they have some boxes of uh, bulbs of different types, and I was wondering about buying them at this time of the year, or, and if you do, what do you do with them? Because I think it's too uh, late to put them in the ground. Uh, well, what kind of bulbs? Things like tulips and daffodils? Yeah, tulips, daffodils, and there were some other other ones there as well, too. Uh, well, I, I can't think of the names of them right now. No, but that's right. Four or five different kinds. How much snow do you have on the ground? Uh, about six, eight inches. Mm. It, it really depends on if you can still work the soil underneath, uh, because you're going to be planting them, you know, three times or four times. Like I'm, I'm, I, I doubt if the ground is frozen at this time. No, it's not. There's a little crust of yeah, frost. Yeah, crust. Once you break through that, you're you're probably pretty good. The daffodils will do better than the tulips. Okay. Um, okay, yeah, we'll try that then. 
And the, the other thing is, don't buy any bulbs. Like, feel the bulbs yes. before you buy them. Make, Make sure, sure that they've got firm. they're firm and have some heft to them. If okay, they're well, these, all, these are in, in boxes that uh, you know just sitting in a display, and of course they got cellophane around them as well too. So oh, well, that it's, makes it's it a bit tough. To all right, well, hopefully they're a good price, <laughs> so that <laughs> when you take them home, if you open, if any of them are soft or mushy, do not, not plant them. them. Okay. Uh, and if any of them have no weight to them, they're just dust. Don't waste your time planting okay, them. Right on. Okay. So only plant the ones that have some you know firmness and some meat to them. Okay, that sounds right. good. Yeah, that's me. That's what I'm going to be doing. Oh, <laughs> I've okay. got planting to do, too. Okay, thank you. <laughs> and I think, you, I, did I tell you the story about the, um, Caroline DeVries coming out to Durham College and bringing bulbs? Mm-hmm. We, I, My first year students, they planted, what was it, 20, over 4,000 oh, bulbs. It's going to look fantastic It in sure the is. Yeah. yeah, and last week when it was really cold, mm-hmm. I, had them out, <laughs> I had them out planting, last minute planting, peaches, pears, a whole bunch of shrubs. Uh, it was really pretty exciting. And they, wow. They were, and you know, they're so funny when they're planting. They're going, well, don't we water after we finish planting? I go, it is 10 below zero. We are not watering. Freezing. There's a lot of moisture in this soil. Just let's worry about it if it gets really hot, which it might. It could in December. Sure. We could get that. up to double digits. So, um, yeah, let's uh, water if we need to in the future, but let's not worry about it just now. So, uh, yeah, good stories on the bulbs. All right. We will take a quick break, and then we'll be right back to speak with Elaine, who's calling us from Mississauga. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Hey, I like that. You dance along with me. <laughs> Frank doesn't. Aww. <laughs> so, You've got to train him better. <laughs> I think so. All righty. Elaine's on the line from Mississauga. Good morning. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. What's going on at your place? Um, I have for the past three or four years um, some kind of weed grass growing in the lawn. Um, the blades are thicker than the rest of the lawn, and some of it has a silvery tinge to it. And it grows in a circle, and it looks like flying saucers have touched down on the lawn. And, okay, silver. All right, but it, and as the season goes on, like as we got to September, early October, did you notice there was kind of a purple tinge to those circular patches? Um, I or think more in the, there's two of them in the yard and one in the front. The one in the front stays green. But they might have a purplish tinge, also a silvery tinge, and it grows in a circle. And it's quite quite flat to the ground? Or? No, not really. The blades are growing. They're, they're mm. thicker than the regular mm. lawn. Mm. You're going to have to send me a picture of that, I think. Because <laughs> it could, like crabgrass, that was what I saw Lindsay thinking the same thing. Crabgrass is something that does grow in circular clumps. Yes, yeah. And when it starts to set seed, it's quite silvery, so that's late in the season, but then it also starts to get kind of purple late yeah, in the season right. when the, you know, cooler weather. Um, but it does not, it, it's very prostrate, prostate, it lies yeah, close, close to, to the, the ground. <laughs> prostrate. It yeah, it lays low. It doesn't stand up at late in the season. Early in the season, it stands up. As we get to late August, September, it starts to lie down. Um, so you know what you could do is, if you can take a photograph and send it to me at my email address here at the station, then I could do a better job of identifying what you've got going on there. Okay. Um, I hired a, a lawn company about three years ago. Mm-hmm. 
and you know they say they fertilize and aerate and and um, and they have weed control, mm-hmm. but they weren't they didn't get rid of that. It, it's it's just there year after year. Right, and it's probably getting bigger and bigger. Um, the, no, the circles are the same. They're about the size of a dinner platter, mm-hmm. and I tried pulling it out, but it grows back. So it might not be. It's it's you got to get those roots. Yeah, you have to dig it out. Use just like dig a, it out yeah, completely. A, yeah, a really sharp shovel and dig right down. Yeah, get take roots and yeah, if, and soil whatever soils attached. Just get rid of all of it and then replace the soil with some topsoil or triple mix and, and get some seed it. out there. So to, so overseed. what is it? What is it called? Uh, without seeing a picture, I can't tell you. But okay. um, your lawn care people that should be part of the deal with them is they should be if it's quite manageable. To Two dinner plate sized patches of a weedy There's grass. Three of them, two in three, the yard yeah, and one in the front. Yeah, but yeah, I had yeah. them for two years, and whatever they put down as weed control, mm. it, did, it didn't get rid of them. They're just there. Yeah, well, the weed control that our lawn care people are able to use on our lawns has very limited efficacy. Yeah. So we we know that really at the end of the day, the best way to handle weeds in your lawn is with a bottle of wine in one hand and a <laughs> a very strong tool in the other hand. Dig them and out. Dig them out. That's what I do. I just you know hands and knees crawl around. That's where the bottle of wine comes in. Yes. <laughs> crawl around the lawn, you know, digging out all the different weeds, and that's the best way to control them. There's really no good chemicals out there. Yeah, Roundup, but then you're going to kill your lawn. So forget it. Just okay. dig out your weeds and overseed as necessary. All righty? Okay, thank you very much. I really enjoyed your show. Good. Um, I know. I, I tell Frank that story, and then he goes, oh, well, you know, you need one of those backpacks things, and you can, then you can have two hands free, and you can still have your wine available. He's always got these ideas on how to set me up better. Um, uh, we Just let's see what uh, Evelyn has to ask us. She's calling in from Toronto. Good morning, Evelyn. Good morning, Charlie, and thank you so much for taking my call. I'm feeling under the weather, and your show is an inspiration, so thanks so much. Good stuff. Uh, I zoned out a little bit when you said the name of the Garden Journal, mm-hmm. and um, uh, my brother-in-law is an avid gardener, and I'd like to pick one up, and Wonderful that's gift. why I'm calling. Yeah. Okay, good. So um, I'm not sure if you can pick one up. It's an order situation, so you'd okay. order online. Okay. Probably the easiest way to, to, to get a hold yeah, of it. These days, yeah. And uh, the order online address is www, to, all one word, torontogardenbook.com. Toronto. $24.95. Gardenbook.com. It's a great gift. If you've got anybody with an avid gardener in their, on their list of people to purchase a gift for, uh, nice price point and, you know, a wonderful full year of use of practical and pretty gift for a gardener. That sounds lovely. So it's uh, www.torontogardenbook.com, all That's one it. word. Yep. Yep. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. You're very welcome. You too. All right, let's see if we have time for one more call. We have Simon on the line. Good morning, Simon. Good morning, and thank you very much for taking my call. I uh, just grabbed myself a warm coffee there for a buck. I'm not going to say where, but uh, I'm sure your callers could recognize where I got it. But um, <laughs> Extra large. <laughs> but anyway, I, um, I just wanted to, uh, quick questions. I, uh, I know you two are the experts. Um, garlic, I'm just wondering, is it too late? Have I missed it uh, to plant in the garden? Mm, you're in Toronto. What do you think, Lindsay? 
I know that we planted some for a client, but it was about a month and a half ago. So it's pretty close oh. to the cusp, I would you, say. You know what I would do? If you've got garlic and your intention was to plant it, I would try it. I would yeah, plant it. Sure. Um, you, it would have been better to do about a month ago because a month ago the soil was warmer mm-hmm. and some roots would have come out of those cloves and they would have got a little bit established in the ground. But you know what? Rather than you know trying to force yourself to eat it or mm-hmm. tossing it, I'd get it down into the ground. Of course, you know to open up. It's one little clove, pointy end up uh, in under the ground. The soil is not frozen. So if you can get those down a couple inches, I think you'll find you, you'll get a nice garlic crop next, next summer. Perfect. That's great. I will definitely try it and maybe uh, even drop some off at the station. Hey, sounds good. Well, I know there's rain in the forecast today, but tomorrow is six degrees with no rain. So yeah. tomorrow's optimal to get out into so, our gardens for last minute stuff. Perfect, Thank you, perfect. Simon. Thank you so much. righty. Bye bye. See ya. Bye-bye. See ya soon with that bushel basket of garlic next Wouldn't summer. That be nice, eh? Like all the garlic festivals that go on in the late I know. summer. Oh, Have goodness. you ever been to any of those? Newmarket has a really good one. Do they? Mm-hmm. I, you know, it's been on my two do list to get out to at least one of those garlic festivals because there's so much to learn about garlic. It's mm-hmm. easy to plant and harvest. And I mean, I love it. I eat it and we've put it with all kinds of food, but still, there's so much I don't know and there's so many great varieties out mm-hmm. there you can get a hold of. So, um, yeah. What else is going on interesting? Well, um, we do have more. I, do you have one more quick gift for a gardener suggestion? Actually, you know what? And it's the silliest thing and it's really useful. It's a pair of garden clogs, whether oh. they're um, like the crock variety or a more traditional rubber variety. I just think that that is so versatile. You can just zip out, do your pruning in them. You can wash them off. They're just a really versatile, easy gift. And they don't have to be sized exactly. So if you're off by half a size, it really doesn't matter. And they're slip on, slip Slip off. off. Yeah, Yeah. fantastic gift. Out in the mud, out in the rain, out in the dew, you know, all those things. Running out to put the garbage out. Yeah, Yeah. all those little running out things. Yeah, Yeah. just a great gift for a gardener. Good idea. Okay, I like that garden clock. Yeah. And as, as I had mentioned, the Gardener's Journal, I think, is a wonderful gift. Mm-hmm. And you said you'd never seen it. Never seen it. Fantastic. So I'm going to make this my gift to you oh, as you. the gardener in my life who I want to <laughs> do something special for because you've been wonderful coming in to help me with the show. Thanks, so that's Charlie. for you, that Gardener's Journal. And I hope you really enjoy it and Great get gift. some good Thank use you. out of it. And uh, Frank, as far as I know, will be back next week. I'm sure he will. But if he's not, maybe I'll call on Lindsay see if she wants to come down again. My regular. Gig. <laughs> exactly. Suddenly, <laughs> Lindsay's a regular, which is great. I really, it's been fun to have you here. So I just want to thank you again for coming. And uh, yeah, we will um, be back next week, obviously, with maybe some more other good ideas, gifts for gardeners. And Lindsay will leave a few more of her ideas, or maybe you'll call in next I'll, week. Maybe I will call in. <laughs> if you're not here. Thanks again, everybody. See you all, all again next week. Bye-bye. The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin is brought to you by Stokes Seeds. Select from the finest quality vegetable and flower seed at stokeseeds.com and get growing with Stokes. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740.